Welcome back to the Performance Properties Podcast. I'm Yeah, I'm here with Perry. Uh, and on today's episode of the podcast, we're going to be looking at building your portfolio or scaling up your portfolio. So if you're a seasoned investor, how do you do that? And we'll look at the importance of diversity diversification, managing your strategies, how to effectively manage your portfolio, and how to get it ready to gear it up for scale. So Perry, kick us off with the first question, how important is it to scale your portfolio? Or when we talk about scale, just for clarity, we're talking about making it bigger, uh, growing it, incorporating more properties or strategies. So how important is it to scale your portfolio well? And how important is it to use the right strategies and timing? Yeah. Um, hi, everyone. Once again, uh, welcome to another podcast and uh, talking about scaling properties, as Yen said, making it bigger. Well, firstly, what I would say is, um, you know, it, it goes back to what we've discussed and I'll just highlight it again. You know, you've got to think of your why, why, which we discussed, I believe, in episode one. You know, why are you doing this? What do you want out of the property investment business, the game, the journey you're on? How much income do you need? You know, those are obviously all the things you need to be thinking about. And then once you understand how how, how much income you need and why you're doing this and all of this, then it will you, you'll move on to obviously building a portfolio to get to your goals. Because uh, it's all about your goals. It's all about why you're doing this. So once you understand all of that, then you can start building your portfolio to get you to the goals, to get you to your desired outcome. But of course, when you're scaling it up, it's vitally important to not try and do it in a rush that you make mistakes yeah. so that you, you know, you, you, you're just making mistakes. You, you need to do it properly. You need to become a professional at this. You need to do it in a professional way and you need to scale it up in a way that you're not going to be, you know, messing, messing up big time and taking on too much risk and potentially like say you've got five properties and then the sixth and the seventh one, you absolutely trying to get there too quickly and you make a massive mistake causing a massive problem to your cash flow as an example. So it's important to scale up, but you remember you got to do it, I would say properly, professionally, and make sure that you are mitigating as much mistakes as possible. Um, to get to your desired outcome. So for you, just as an, to give an example, when do you decide to take on another property? Like, I, I get that you're at the other end of the spectrum where you have a lot more properties, mm-hmm. but what is some of the parameters where you go, okay, I'm, I've hit that objective, I've hit that point. Good, good question. Now I'm able to buy another property. Yeah, good question. So what I would say to that is I would... Um, only buy a property once I'm happy with the one I'm busy I've purchased. Yeah. Yeah. And let's say I'm going into a renovation, I've purchased it, it's under control, uh, my finance is in control. Yeah. Um, it also depends big time on your finance. So say, for example, you're doing a buy, refurbish, refinance, rent out, you go yeah. in, you do the refurb, your money's tied in for maybe six, nine, 12 months, mm. and you don't have any more finance. And yep. you're relying on that property to release that finance to put it in the next. So yeah. that could be your timing. So you're you almost understand? waiting for, in inverted commas, perfecting the one you're doing before you move on to the in, next. In a sense, yes. And in a sense, because I don't want to be buying a property and I'm halfway through, mm. and there could be more risks through the refurb that's coming away, maybe another five grand contingency, yeah. something I didn't know. And now I'm already rushing into another deal. Yeah. So you got, for me, I like to do the one deal, get it right. If yeah. I'm putting a tenant in, you know, it goes, the tenant goes in, the refurb's done, and then I'm starting the refinance 
part. And then I'm looking for that next deal. So I'm kind of tying it in that I get the deal done. I'll make sure it's safe. It's good. You know, I've de-risked it as much as possible. Um, And then I've refurbed it. The tenants moved in as an example. I'm going through the refinance, spoken to a broker. We've got a product. Mm. As soon as I hit, let's get that product and start refinancing. You know, I'm then starting to look for that next deal. I'm starting to do my due diligence. I'm doing everything that we spoke about, the due diligence, the numbers, making sure that we've got a good property. And then I'll start that process. Very rarely will I buy two, three at the same time, unless... Like, as you know, with me, I own properties quite around all around the UK. But if yeah. I used the apartment block that I have mm. uh, recently bought, well, about two years ago, recently, two yeah. years ago, you know, I've got 12 flats in a build, in a building. Yeah. Yeah. So in that instance, I've got 12 flats, but yeah. it's one purchase. It's still one. It's one purchase as yeah. one property, although yeah. it's 12 flats bringing me 12 different incomes. Yeah. I want to make sure that I got that right. I wanted yeah. to make sure that, you know, we got all the flats tenanted. Mm. Which, which we did. Yeah. And then it's about, oh, okay, let's refinance and put this now into another. Yeah. So when do I stop doing that? Well, when I'm happy with the income that I've received. When you've hit the goals. You know, I've hit my it. goals, like I've said at the beginning. I've hit all my goals. I've done what I've needed. Yeah. Um, and that's how I play it. I'm, I'm very much so risk adverse, but I, I don't mind taking chances or risks, should I say. Yeah. But I do de-risk as much as possible in a way. It's calculated risk as and de-risk as much as a possible. Yeah. And that's why it's one property. Make sure it's good. Mm. We're happy. And then I'll move on to the next. Awesome. Very good. So obviously there's a couple of different areas to scale in your portfolio. And this podcast isn't going to cover every area. It's impossible. Uh, it's not an exhaustive list. So there are other methods. There are other ways. Um, but I just want to look at a couple. The first one being diversification. So how can the listeners, the people listening to our podcast, how can they begin to diversify their portfolio if they have a portfolio? Mm-hmm. If they don't have a portfolio, <clears throat> what should they be thinking about at the beginning before starting their portfolio when it comes to diversification? Yeah, well, it's, it's once again a good question. And uh, once again, it's down to you know your goals. It's mm-hmm. down to what you want to achieve. It yeah. really is down to that. I know I keep repeating, but it is down to that. And for me, as an example, my goal was... In the beginning, I wanted £4,000 net income after all expenses for yeah. my property. So it was my first goal. Uh, that's what we got to. That's what we achieved. Mm-hmm. And then um, from a diversification perspective, what I was doing is I diversified in two ways. Yeah. One, income diversification. Yeah. And the other one, capital. Okay. And, and that's income and capital is I'm diversifying through two different strategies. Income, number one, for me, strategy yeah. buy to let. Get a good buy to let, yeah. safe, legal, make sure I've got a tenant, no voids, mm. it's, you know, less voids, so demand in there and all that good stuff. Yeah. Do your due diligence, do your analysis, run the numbers, put a tenant in, get cash flow, yeah. build that up. Then how I diversify from a strategy, I go from the income producing strategy, yeah. buy to let as an example, there are others as we know, rent to rent, service accommodation and all these other type of strategies. But for me, let's keep it simple, buy to let. Yeah. And then I diversified with capital. In, in other words, go get a property, fix it up, sell it on, make profit. The cash I make for that, so in other words, a flip, yeah. I use that profit to do two things. Number one, either use it for another deposit to buy a property, as an example, but more so for me, I diversify by doing the flip strategy because what I want to do is ultimately pay down my asset. So I use the profits of flipping 
to put into my portfolio and pay it down. Because of course, if I pay it down, my cash flow goes up. Yeah. So instead of maybe having 20 properties I must buy to reach my, my cash flow, yeah. I might only need to buy 10 properties, but get them paid off. Because they're leaner. They because, less, yeah. you know what I mean? So I've only got to buy 10, yeah. but then I need to pay them off. So yeah. there needs to be that kind of thinking. And that's how I do it. So I diversify with income and capital. Income, yeah. buy to let, capital, flipping. And are that's the, how I generally do it. Are there like buy to let to flipping? Do you have a ratio you work to? Like certain number of buy to lets to certain number of flips? Yeah, it's a good just... question. I used to do try and do three every three a, a buy to let flip one yeah I kind of managed that in the beginning but then what started happening is that it, i deviated and maybe did six seven buy to lets and then did one flip okay. so for me if you can try and do you know buy three yeah uh buy to let and then maybe your fourth or your fifth yeah do a flip it works well okay. um so that's probably a, a good model to stick to not always possible yeah but you know if you're doing a flip a year is a good way, and I did that in the beginning quite successfully. Mm. Um, in truth, I haven't done a flip for a few years now, yeah. but I'm in a different state. Yeah. You know, I'm in a different place compared to someone again, who's starting out. To goals, you have different goals. Goals, everything has changed a lot, and I keep updating them as well I go. But from a diversification perspective, I diversify through income and capital on two different strategies. Just on the flip one, it's not really related to scaling it, but. It it's related to the long-term understanding of your investment. At what point within your plan are you thinking about paying down the assets? Like, have you got like 10 years of building, 20 years of paying down the assets? Or because at what point do you, when you go into pension, if you want your portfolio to yeah. be your pension point, yeah. ideally you want them unencumbered, you want them all paid Absolutely. off. Ideally. So at what yeah. point do you transition from scaling it Mm. to starting to lean out the portfolio where you're paying down the mortgages, getting the higher incomes, netting it out. Yeah, so normally with me, it's years one to 10 I'm building mm -hmm. and years 10 to 20 I'm paying down. Okay. So if I can simplify it for you. Yeah. It's years one to 10 I'm building, years, years 10. 10 to 20 I'm paying down my assets. Awesome. So every property, and I, I, I will, I don't know if I talk about it or I have or I haven't, but I'll say it now is every property I buy, I buy with a plan in mind. Mm -hmm. i.e. it's a buy to let i'm going to run it to the 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 the, the kind of the end of its lease or its yeah. term with the mortgage provider so say it's a 25 year yeah. i'll run it to 23 and then sell it yeah but then some properties that ain't the case mm -hmm. some of them is i want to paid off yeah within say 10 years so yeah. that's the plan so i know with if i'm flipping or Let's just say, even if I'm not flipping, but I've got capital from somewhere else, mm. I'll use that capital to pay down those properties I want yeah. to pay off. The other ones, I'll just let them run to the term, but always I leave always a gap of two years yeah. before the term runs out so that I can sell it. Because yeah. if you don't sell before the end, you're in trouble. Yeah. So you got to at least sell it before the end of the term yeah. of whatever. Especially the if they're on interest-only products. Yeah. So. You 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 got to. Otherwise, you're going to run into. So give I give myself two years. So I've got a plan for every property for sure. Mm -hmm. But there are properties I intend on paying off, and there's some which I'm comfortable to let it run because it fits in with my goals and my plan okay. of my retirement. Really. Good. How important is the strategy that you choose to build your portfolio with? So like if you're going with buy to lets or service accommodation or HMOs, how important is it to choose the correct? Well, I suppose correct is the wrong word because there's no correct strategy. It depends on your goal. Exactly. But how, how important is it to choose the right 
strategy for your goal. It's important. I think the word is how you, you've got to be comfortable, right? Yeah. So you've got to also have a passion for that port, that strategy. So for example, uh, although service accommodation is a great th- strategy to mm. do, it's, it's for me, it's quite intensive in yeah. terms of, you know, it's like two days, get the linen changed as an example. It's like yeah. a hotel. You've got, you got a lot more people to manage it. You've got a lot more people to do things. There's reviews. You get it wrong. It could be a problem. So there's a lot more going on. Whereas yeah. buy to let, yes, you don't get as much rent out of it uh, or, or cash flow, should I say. However, it's easy. Yeah. Put a 10 and 10, manage it, make sure that, you know, you, 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 you're doing things the correct way you know, gas, electrics, and you're checking and you're getting your cash flow in the void and maintenance is all kept up, but it's easier to do. So, so, so for me, Bytelet is, is is a decent return for me. Yeah. It's more simple. I don't have to run around like a headless chicken with, you know, trying to run what around and do or... and this and that and dealing with that. So so for me, I'm comfortable with Bytelet because yeah. it's easy. I like to keep things simple. Nice. Um, whereas a lot of people I know doing service accommodation and they absolutely love it, but that's not really for me. Yep. However, don't get me wrong, if the right property comes and I can run it as service accommodation and it's easy for me to do, I would consider it. Yep. But for me, you've got to be comfortable with what you're doing. Yep. You've got to understand what you're doing. And, you know, it's all about risk, isn't it? You've got so to sleep at night. You've got to sleep at night yeah. and you don't want to have problem, un- endless problems because otherwise what's the point? Yeah. So you've got to be comfortable and you've got to have some sort of passion to do that. Yeah. understand? So, yeah, yeah, that's what I am about. Great. A question that comes up quite often for us is, from a sourcing point of view, is can I get the lettings fee lower? Like we would, I'd say we both agree that the easiest way to manage your portfolio is to get a letting agent to do it mm-hmm. and pay them their percentage. Yeah. What are the benefits and risks of getting a lower percentage as your letting fee? Like the average is 10% in the yeah. UK. Yeah. What happens if you have a guy that gives you 6% mm. and he's like, oh, I'll do it for six and I'll manage it all. It'd be amazing. Yeah, well, I've got a, I've got a story probably on every, every question you ask me, but the story I had was back in the day when we first in, invested in Grimsby of all places, Northeast Lincolnshire, Grimsby. Um, and we, I think uh, my wife and I, Debbie, had bought, I think we we're on to our fifth or sixth one. Um, and we had handed it over to this guy, Paul. I remember calling him Paul, the 8% man. And I was quite happy about with Paul. He was a single guy, um, 8%. In fact, sorry, he was 5 or 6%. Yeah. And um, we thought, what a bonus. We were very wet behind the ears. It was our first year in investing or second year in total. Yeah. So we'd bought like the five. We, we found this guy, Paul. We'd given him the properties. Long, 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 long story short. Yeah. Eventually, after a few months on the one property, I think we'd given him the five yeah. that we'd given over to him. And then um, a few months later, we started realizing there were voids. And one property and then on another property and we started getting voids and he said he's fighting, he's trying to get the money and long story short, eventually one day I just got this weird feeling that this guy was ripping me off. Mm. Turns out, because I drove, I drove all the way from London to Grimsby, it was during the week, I actually took off work, I went. I just had this gut feel that I was getting... Messed about, yeah. ripped off, and I, I did. I went there. I went and knocked on the door. Went to the tenant, and they opened the door. And I said, "Hi, how are you? I'm the owner of the property." And she's like, "Oh yeah, hello." And all this started speaking to me. And I just said, "Listen, I'm just here. Have you got any financial problems? Is there anything?" And she was like, looked at me like I was 
crazy, basically, and said, why are you asking me these questions? And I said, because you haven't paid rent. So now I'm here to understand why and can I help or what's the problem? And she was like, I have paid the rent every single month on time. And I said, oh, so you've paid the last three months? And she said, absolutely, I can show you. And then I realized, and I picked up the telephone. I said, okay, sorry about that. Picked up the phone. I phoned this guy, Paul. I said, hey, Paul, what's happening with this house? And she basically, he said, well, I'm still trying to get it. And I said, funny that, because I'm with the tenant right now. And she's told me, and he put the phone down. And I realized right there, this guy was coming in cheap, ripping you off. But his goal and tactic was to then steal the money. And that what it is. So the, the this moral of the story is just because someone's cheap doesn't mean that they're good. Yeah. And just because they're cheap doesn't mean that they're going to pay you. Yeah. So for me, what I would do is go to a reputable letting agent, yeah. someone who's more than a one-man band. Yeah. They need to be a little office, two, three staff. You know, it doesn't have to be a big company, but little high street, little two, three staff. And, uh, and, and that's what I'll be looking for. You know, and I'm quite happy to pay 10%. Or 10% plus VAT, 12%, but then I get a really good management uh, out of them. Then I'm happy with that. Yeah. But to pay someone 5 or 6% or even 7% and they're stealing, what's the point? Now, there is a difference if you have, so in Blackpool, for example, there's letting agents that will give you a discount because you have so many units. Correct. Now, that's, a that's a different story. story right? That's a different story because they've proven themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, they may you may have started off with you know the ten percent, and yeah. then you bought, and then it's like okay, because yeah. you've got five six with us, we'll drop it to eight. But you would have experienced their service by then. So, yeah. or if you buy like I did with the twelve flats, and I negotiated that, yeah. but for me it was then we monitor and we check and yeah. we see. So yes, sometimes because you've got so many properties with someone, you can negotiate that, and that's what I would do. Yeah. But also at the same time, because I've let and managed my own properties. It can be a nightmare yeah. sometimes. So to pay someone ten percent for doing that job is worth it in a sense, <laughs> yeah. right? Because you know you're thinking you're trying to cut back, but to be honest with you, you know, paying someone ten percent to do mm-hmm. sometimes if there's a lot to to go on and make sure they looking after your investment property, ten percent is really not a lot. And in just a clarity, it's ten percent of the rent for yeah. people who are gross working. rent. Yeah, ten percent of, of gross rent. So if you have six hundred pound rent, paying somebody <clears throat> sixty quid a month is yeah saves you a lot of headaches. But awesome, Perry. Well, as we come towards the end of the episode, nice, short, sweet one this week. But can you give us the golden nugget of the week? What is something that our listeners can take this week and help them in their property scaling or beginning that property journey? Yeah, I mean, what I would say is simply start with the end in mind as yeah. a golden nugget. So, you know, it ties in with your your goals, yeah. what you want. Once you understand that, your why, as yeah. I've repeated many times, then you can say, all right, if I won £4,000 and my, my strategy is buy to let yeah. and I'm only going to get, um, call it, you know, a property bringing me net £100 a month after all expenses or 150 or 200 depending, you yeah. can work out how many properties you need. So you go, all right, I need whatever, 10, 15, 20, whatever properties it is to get yeah. to your net freedom figure then you can go well that's what i need Mm. to and i've got to scale up to that point so you at least you know that so you're starting with the end in mind and then you build it up one property at a time amazing anything else to add anything else to say yeah once again i would say you know if you're not part of our social media uh, instagram facebook look for performance properties uh, join our private closed group um, if you want to join us 
or ask us any questions, you can email us at info at performanceproperties.co.uk. You can also look for us online, www.performanceproperties.co.uk, and we would love to speak to you in the near future. Awesome. The only other thing is like, subscribe to the podcast, and um, share it with your friends. Share it with, your share it with friends, everyone. Family, everybody. Awesome, Perry. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Wanna hear?